So something really weird happened yesterday, actually. What was it? Uh, Today's Saturday, recording day Saturday. Yesterday, uh, in the morning, we're in Edmonton in February. It was minus 30 degrees. Oh, yeah. Um, I was bundling up with my daughter to walk her to school. Mm -hmm. And we opened the front door, step out onto our stoop, and there were two brown paper bags on the stoop. What? And they have have, um, anthrax, uh, Burger Baron stickers on them. Who knows? No way. Yeah. Burger Baron stickers on them. And they're stapled shut. Sticker over the staple says, you know, sealed for your peace of mind, like this weird kind of COVID relic. Like, don't worry, we haven't tampered with this. Um, And sure enough, it's, it's, uh, a burger and curly fries and a can of iced tea that were delivered, I guess, the night before. Like frozen solid, like a yeah, block? Yeah, ab- absolutely frozen solid, yeah. <laughs> and <Crazy. we're> <laughs> And you have no idea where they came from or how they wound up on your stoop? You didn't order these, clearly. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we didn't order them. Um, <laughs> and I, I, was at, I was at work the night before, and so the best theory we have is that like sometime after Lisa and the kids went to bed, this was delivered and maybe they rang the doorbell. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But it was just left on the front steps. Yeah. So, but, but that's, that's just the, that's the premise. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just passed them like through the door back to Lisa and said, oh, weird. I don't know what's going on here. And assumed that they'd be thrown in the garbage. Uh-huh. You didn't try to reconstitute them in your microwave? Well, when I got back, I I swear it didn't cross my mind that we would consume these. But I came back. (laughs) I came back from taking Cora to school and Lisa had like taken everything out of the bag and spread it out on a sheet tray. And like was like, oh Oh, yeah. So I think that if we do I'm sorry, was Lisa aware that they were just random sandwiches that were like, okay. Yes. Interesting. I mean, like, if you're going to eat a frozen hamburger, like, there's like very few freezers in the world that probably freeze that hamburger as effectively as like your stoop in February. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) And it 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 was a shockingly cold... Well, whatever it was, it was it was very cold in Edmonton yeah, last week. It was crazy. It, it was cold. Liter- It was minus thirty without the wind chill. Yeah, yeah. I guess I wanted to put it to you and see, like, would you, would this even cross your mind to eat it, or would you be like, <sighs> okay? Means- Firstly, before we get into that, see, this is what if it- I order food from Burger Baron, like through DoorDash or Skip the Dishes or one of these other food delivery services. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't show up at my house or it like if the app tells me that it was delivered and then I look on my step and it's not there, like I'm immediately like running out of my house and looking on everyone's step like that's even close to my house. Like, you know, like I I know the food's somewhere nearby. It's probably just a weird mistake. And I found my food on my neighbor's stoop before. I found like things that were supposed to be delivered to me, like two doors down really? or whatever. Because what yeah. I was thinking was like, if they make a mistake, it's not it's not likely that they're going to confuse, you know, number four with number seven. It's going to be like they put it like 
on the other it's side on the of wrong town. street like they, they, they switch the streets yeah. and avenues or whatever like yeah yeah i mean that's certainly a possibility um but like also hmm, i don't know it's weird maybe <laughs> maybe i'm a control freak but like i'm usually watching in the app like not constantly <laughs> but i'm usually looking in the app to see like where the driver is mm. and stuff you know like just to see if they're on their way or if you know if they're taking a route that's reasonable or something like that <laughs> and then you comment on their route uh, yeah sorry, don't answer then me. i just i send them a message and i tell them i'm going to give them a one star if they don't if they don't if take nine streets south to, that's right exactly oh no. my goodness. but <laughs> I'm just so it, it's almost certain to me that like whoever ordered it you know yeah registered their complaint with the app and whatever else but my question right. to you is like would it would it cross your mind to eat this food <sighs> Your pause says it all. It's a lot of soul searching right here, Alan. I I mean, is it a mushroom burger? Yes, it was a double mushroom <laughs> burger with bacon and curly fries and gravy. Then yes, Alan, the answer is yes. The thought would cross my mind to eat the Burger Baron food. Okay, follow-up question. Follow-up question, would you do it? I don't know. <laughs> Why Man, wouldn't you? I... Because, uh, well, the reason why I potentially wouldn't is because I would feel weird about it. Like, I don't actually know where the food came from. Well, it came from the Burger Baron on 99th Street. The sticker says it all. I mean, yeah. I Like, yeah, any random person can seal a bag with a Burger Baron sticker. Like, (laughs) can they? (laughs) I mean, if they really wanted to. I, I don't know. I know that sounds paranoid and weird that like I would think that someone put poison mushroom burger on my <laughs> stoop, but I don't know. Like I, it, it's just like something like, I don't know, eating food that you don't really know where it came from or who prepared it just feels a little bit weird to me. Right. You know, it, it kind of always has, <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but like, some of my siblings may have been known to like pick up food off the sidewalk and potentially check it to see if it was still edible. But I always felt like that was a weird thing to do. And so I don't know, it's kind of not really in my makeup to like eat food that I don't have a pretty good read on where it came from. That last thing you said is just like an episode unto itself or maybe like a... Maybe an episode with a special guest. <laughs> We're looking at you, Bryn. Just kidding. No, I'm sure it wasn't Bryn. <laughs> it wasn't Bryn. <laughs> Welcome to Food Court. I'm Shale McDonald, and I'm here with my friend Alan Sutterby, and maybe a special guest. We're two chefs from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We love food and we love to talk about it. So, Alan, we do have a special guest today, don't we? <laughs> it's Bryn. It's Bryn. <laughs> I'm going to cut out the Bryn part. I know. From the- <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, we do. How do we do that? We've never, we haven't really done this before. What yeah, do do? first time ever. Our special guest is friend of the show, Millie. Um, we've been talking to her about potentially having her on for like a really long time. And we've been talking about having guests on the show for a really long time. And it's taken us until now to actually make that happen um, through no fault of anyone's but mine and or Alan's. So um, Me? What? <laughs> Um, so welcome to the show, Millie. Thank you. I like to be referred to as listener Millie. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> I thought friend of the show was kind of an upgrade, but yeah, but listener true. Millie's great. Listener Millie was, yeah, the best, <laughs> best moment. <laughs> um, so Millie is a friend of both mine and Alan's who we've worked with, um, in a few different capacities and um yeah millie do you want to maybe introduce yourself and just talk a little bit about who you are who who you are is that a weird thing to say it, I think that was like, a weird thing it reminds me of uh <laughs> like uh sorry 90s throwback nardwar giving music oh, interviews man. he'd always yeah. start with just saying and he's with like some of the most famous people on the planet and he would just say who are you yeah <laughs> Um, hi, my name's Millie, and I know Shale and Alan from working at Elm. And then afterwards, we just stayed in touch um, at the various businesses that um, they both were working at, because um, I am always a huge fan of everything that they are involved in. So yeah, that's that's just how I know them and have kept in touch. Sweet. And if I remember, so I think that when I started at Elm Cafe and Catering, you were working in the cafe, right? Yes, I was working at the ca- in the cafe. Yeah, right. but then you also did work in the in the prep kitchen with us for. I a brief did period. work in the prep kitchen yeah. as well. Um, after after working at the cafe, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, loved loved all of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I think like um, if I am remembering things correctly, uh, like I, I met you when you started working at the cafe, like as, um, sort of like front of house, but I guess like barista and, and stuff there. Um, and then I can't exactly remember how it came about that I found out that you had some skills in the kitchen, but that happened through the course of, I don't know, I guess like us getting to know each other or something. And then I think I really needed some help in the kitchen, like um, for an event that we were doing. And I was like, Hey, perhaps I can use this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's sort of like how I remember it happening. And then when you actually came and worked at the kitchen, Mm -hmm. um, you obviously knew your way around and it really felt like honestly to me and I I don't know if I mentioned this at the time but but like um compared to numerous new hires that I'd had um you it felt like you had much more (laughs) cooking experience and knew your way around the kitchen much better than a lot of like cooks who had given me resumes with several restaurants on them and had come to work for us and I was uh um, I was super happy to be surprised in that way. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any um, any any guess why that was? Why you came in? To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, well- <laughs> and and I would say that the the reason why we're having this conversation now is that I came to know or came to find out that Millie basically grew up in a family restaurant. That is correct. Right. Yes. 
What restaurant yeah, is that? So I, well, I grew up in Peace River. Um, and yeah, we, our family owned a Chinese, a small town Chinese food restaurant. Mm. So like a lot of small towns out there, um, we were one of maybe, actually we had quite a few Chinese food restaurants in our town. Um, but we were one of maybe four. Wow. Restaurants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's kind of how. I grew up and, and I guess some of those skills from childhood <laughs> really paid off later in life. <laughs> yeah. Just like innate knowledge of like how food is prepared. Yeah. Or and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I also should also say that, um, I did take one year culinary arts as well, oh, which, okay. are, which probably, I'm not sure if, yeah, I probably I don't know. knew that at one point as well <laughs> and completely <laughs> forgot. So, uh, yeah. I, so uh, I did take, yeah. take like a year at Nate and I got my certificate there. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was obviously after I graduated. Um, and yeah, like when I decided to, to go to culinary school, I remember my parents were not psyched about it <laughs> 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 because they knew, they knew like how challenging it can be in the kitchen and just the pressure. And, you know, you guys know like how, how hard it is. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they worked really hard and, and they certainly didn't want me following in those footsteps. They didn't want me you know, they just wanted something else for me. They had envisioned mm -hmm. something else for me, but right. anyhow, I didn't, I didn't continue on, um, in that career path. Um, I do something totally different now. Um, but I definitely loved the experience, um, of culinary school and, you know, at Nate. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there are still any instructors there that Alan works with currently who, y you Almost know what? Certainly. I think I think there are because yeah. I've mentioned, like you mentioned, Jeff Gordon. Did you have you mentioned Jeff Gordon? Uh, Jeff Gordon, yeah he he was actually the if I remember right he was the department head or the program chair when I was in culinary school. Yeah. Oh okay okay, oh, okay. he yeah. was yeah he was one of my instructors. Um, oh there was. There was somebody else that you had mentioned before, and I I, and I remember like there's I recognize that. There's definitely name. been a handful that we've mentioned. I know I've talked about uh, Chef Ron Wong and Nigel Weber, and yeah, uh, I think yeah, Chef Weber. Um, I mean, I I think that Versky, <laughs> Chef Versky was that Versky. A... I don't know. I know a Satarsky. Oh, maybe mm. a Satarsky. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's <Yeah>, Satarsky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there, there are a few of them who have been there almost as long as I've been alive. So it wouldn't surprise mm -hmm. me if there's some who, right. um, yeah, were there when you were, yeah. Um, I don't want to get us too far off track. I, I think what mm -hmm. we're hoping to Sorry. talk about is yeah. like, is like what, um, you know, your, your experience growing up in a restaurant mm -hmm. or whatever. And I don't want to take us too far away from that, Totally. but I am, and, and, and to be fair, it's kind of a hallmark of the podcast that we talk about everything except what we're supposed to talk about so, <laughs> hallmark but, shortcoming whatever you want to yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but I, I i'm just curious to find out if you like did you after you um graduated from culinary school did you try to work in the industry at that time like in kitchens i and, did yeah um so i i after that first year i did work in a kitchen and i have to say i didn't love it Mm -hmm. Um, 
Are you willing yeah. to divulge which kitchen? No, was? I'm not going to divulge. <laughs> I did Smart. not have a great experience. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just decided, you know what? Like maybe my parents were right. <laughs> this, isn't the, <laughs> this isn't the path for me. <laughs> I should have listened. Oh man. But, what a great realization to yeah, have. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I feel like the, I feel like I'm having those realizations like every day of my life now and wishing that I had had them 20 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's bleak. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel like, bit. you know, like, I, you know, even though I didn't love the experience, I'm still glad I experienced it, mm-hmm. you know, because it told me like, Hey, this isn't the path for you. Choose something else. And, and that's what I did. Right. So, yeah. And like culinary school was awesome. Like I learned a ton of stuff there too. So, right. you know, I have like, I definitely have no regrets there. Right. And it definitely yeah. didn't take away from your love of food or anything no, like that. I mean, no, you're still, no. yeah. Yeah. I learned all of my knife skills, <laughs> so you know, so <laughs> all necessary. <Yeah>. Have you, uh, <laughs> okay, no, I promise we're going <laughs> to, we're going to talk about what we came here for. <laughs> ask me more questions. I was yeah. just going to ask you if you've ever, ever seriously cut yourself. <laughs> oh. I have never seriously cut myself. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've never seriously cut myself, which I'm pretty grateful for. And like, it's interesting because knives have always kind of scared me. And mm-hmm. um, my my boss in the job that I have now, um, or a good you know, I guess a good friend of mine now. Every time he traveled, he would bring back a knife for mm-hmm. me because he oh, knew wow. I loved cooking, and mm-hmm. he was always very generous. You know, I house sat for him, so he'd bring back a gift. And he did bring back like a couple of really nice knives and I didn't use or open the box until literally last year. Oh, really? When Blair was like, you need to start using these because I was terrified of cutting myself with them because they are like Japanese razor blades, sharp. razor right. sharp, beautiful mm-hmm. knives, but I was terrified. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually break them open until like many years later. <laughs> But you have used yeah. them now? But now I, we use them. Yeah. Now yeah. I've grown more comfortable with them. They are not as razor sharp as they were brand new because <laughs> we've been using them. So, yeah. So I'm much more comfortable with them now. And like, I honestly, now I, I can't go back to like our crappy <laughs> knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the tough thing about having really good knives is mm-hmm. then... You just ruins everything just else. Go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, honestly, you like go to anyone's house and like have to cook anything and you just pick up their knife and you're like, yeah, how do I, I not can't say work something? in these conditions. Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime I'm in somebody else's house and I pick up their knives and I'm cutting with it and they're like, how's that? And I'm like, great. It's perfect. <laughs> this is really good. It's you're yeah. like squishing your tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like a plastic salad knife. (laughs) Um, So really, though, we are here to just like I I think for for both Alan and I, um, the idea of like growing up like in a family restaurant is fascinating. And I, Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I think the reason that we both wanted to talk to you is to pick your brain about that. Like, I mean, I've always like ever since I was young, I've always been interested in food, but I never really had much exposure to like how to make it or what mm-hmm. that means or where it comes from before it's like, um, 
you know, before it's been processed and presented or, or something like that, like all of that for me came much later, like, Mm -hmm. you know, in my, maybe some little bit in my late teens or something when I was sort of like, um, working, uh, a couple of fast food jobs, I got a glimpse, I guess. And then I kind of got fascinated by watching, uh, like the food network in Mm -hmm. the nineties and stuff like that. I kind of got into thinking about food in, in that way. And then I, I did have a couple of early restaurant jobs in my like, or a couple of restaurant jobs in my like early twenties. Um, but up until that point I had like really no idea. And so I don't know. I just wanted to pick your brain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, yeah. first of all, what oh. was the name of the restaurant? The name of the restaurant was Long Island. Oh, really? oh that's interesting. Yeah, Long Island Restaurant. Um, I'm not sure why my parents chose that name, but that mm. was just what they went with. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so our restaurant, again, was in Peace River, and we actually didn't have the restaurant when we first moved up there because I was we were born I was born in Edmonton okay and I moved up to Peace River when I was five Mm -hmm. and the reason why we went up there was because my parents took over um, a hotel kitchen that was in the town of Grimshaw so about 20 minutes from Peace River Mm. and there they managed you know the kitchen um, you know dining room cafe and they did all of the, all of the work there. And um, how long did they do that for? So they did that for, I want to say maybe three years. Okay. Yeah, I think three years. Um, but when we moved up there, um, obviously they spent all of their time at the restaurant or at the at the hotel. So mm-hmm. my grandparents at that time came here to Canada and took care of us kids while my parents were working Mm. right so it was during our time in peace river that my grandparents came and became canadian citizens and and basically yeah took care of us my sister my brother and i while my parents worked and from um, from china millie or they came from yeah they came from hong kong china hong kong yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like they came from i think hong kong was where they were living at the time Mm -hmm. um but um yeah, and then at that same time, um, we had like, you know, my my mom's brother also came and sister from from Hong Kong. So it was like when we first moved up to Peace River, we had a lot of family there, mm-hmm. and um, and it was pretty great because my parents had help. You know, my uncle helped as you know as a server in the restaurant. And, um, and we always had cousins around to play with. And, and mm-hmm. of course my grandparents were there to take care of us and we all lived in the same apartment building. Uh-huh. So like, you know, my one cousin's family lived one floor above us and then the other down the hall. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty great, you know, like as, as yeah, it was pretty great for us. And then a few years later, um, that was when my parents had the restaurant. Right. So, so we, I don't know like exactly what happened, but, um, but yeah, they moved on from the hotel and we actually had the restaurant in Peace River. Mm. And at this time I was probably in grade three, I want to say grade three yeah. or four mm-hmm. when the restaurant, when we finally like had our own business, that was our own. And, um, so like yeah. nine or 10 years old, something like that. Yeah. And by yeah. this time, like, you know, my, my uncle's family, had moved away 
and my grandparents uh, moved to Edmonton. And oh, really? Yeah. So our family kind of, you know, like our, my aunts and uncles and cousins, they all kind of left. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just us and, mm -hmm. and the restaurant. Yeah. And it was, I remember telling my teacher in school about it, um, you know, oh, my parents are opening up a restaurant and she was, you know, really excited. Oh, I can't wait to try it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she really like made me feel excited about it. That's um, cool. Yeah. Which was, which was pretty awesome because there were already like other Chinese food restaurants in Peace River. Mm -hmm. It was cool because we were kind of joining this community. Oh, really? That's cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So did you like, did your family kind of know the families who owned the other like previously, like before you opened the restaurant, before your parents opened the restaurant, or did you kind of come to know them after that happened? Yeah. So when we moved up there, um, we, that was kind of when, cause the, the Asian community is small. Mm -hmm. So, so when we first moved up there, even when my parents were in Grimshaw with the hotel, um, they did befriend the owners of the other restaurants. Okay. And and they all had kids and stuff like that as well. Right. Um, all around, you know, our age, the same age. So when we opened the restaurant, it was, you know, they already had like a supportive community. Yeah. Um, even though you're, you know, the competition or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like you were everyone was very supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. And um and like, you know, for us kids, we spent a lot of time together with the other kids cool. because our parents were always working. <laughs> we're always working. Yeah. <laughs> our parents were always working. So on Saturdays, like I would get dropped off at my friend's house whose parents mm -hmm. were also working and we would just spend the weekend together. <laughs> wow. You know, so it was like really awesome because we really built some very strong friendships with like like-minded people going through similar circumstances. similar circumstances yeah so mm -hmm. one of my good friends to this day is like you know my friend my one of my best friends since I was a child oh that's mm -hmm. great yeah and yeah so we have you know those very similar upbringings and and so did your folks have like did they have experience in restaurants and stuff before they took on they these did. projects or what was their yeah background? so so when they before we moved up to peace river my parents um worked in various kitchens and the one that always sticks out is they worked at the mayfield inn oh yeah right yeah 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 so so yeah <laughs> is that what it is i have no <laughs> idea yeah yeah it is dinner theater yeah yeah Okay, so they worked at the Mayfield Inn. I don't know if it was then, honestly. I don't know if it changed at some point, but yeah, it's been dinner theater for a long time now. Okay. Yeah. It is yeah. like there is a hotel, so I'm sure they have a conventional hotel kind of food service, but the way that I know it is I mean, yeah. as a resident of Edmonton, go, going there for dinner theater, but that's Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they probably did like, you know, that the dinner theater and then also service the hotel as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um when i flip through the old photo boxes i see pictures of my dad and my uncle actually who also worked at the mayfield inn wearing their chef's coat and their hats and stuff and mm -hmm. then yeah so so that's where they were and um 
So they did have experience um, working in, you know, in, in food. Right. Yeah. But I don't know if they necessarily did a lot of like Chinese food cooking. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah, when we had the restaurant in Peace River, it was, everything was on the menu. <laughs> right. How do you mean? Yeah. Um, so typical small town Chinese food restaurant, obviously you have like your westernized Chinese food. So chicken balls, ginger beef, mm-hmm. ch- chow mains and chop sueys and things like that. But then there was yeah. also like steak and pasta and lobster oh, and wow. fries and burgers mm-hmm. <laughs> and sandwiches. Yes. Um, Everything was on the menu except for That's pizza. Amazing. We had no pizza, <laughs> but oh, everything mean, was on like the a menu. Pretty specialized thing that takes up quite a bit totally. of like totally. Like you need the oven and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah we didn't have room yeah. for the oven, but like we did, <laughs> we did everything. Um, mm-hmm. The menu was like a trifold, double sided. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very small print so that everything could fit on it. Right. Breakfast? Yeah. Did you guys have breakfast? We did not have breakfast oh, on our menu. <laughs> but if requested, oh, my right. parents yeah. could make it. Yeah, we didn't have <laughs> breakfast because we didn't open, like the restaurant didn't open until 11. Right. So it was kind of like more open for lunch and dinner. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are, do you have, I, I, you don't probably have a copy of the menu, hey? You know what? I have thought about this before. I'm like, oh man, like I wish we saved a copy of the menu. I wished we saved like a copy of the takeout menu. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like I don't know if my mom has like a little stash of that anywhere, but I I honestly don't think we do. But I always like, yeah, I always, um, every new version of the menu that we got printed Mm-hmm. always had a spelling error. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's so hard. And, and like, then when you're talking about a menu, like with six pages that oh, somebody man. has to proofread and yeah. like, yeah. And like, to be honest, like my parents did not spell great. You know, the English <laughs> was their second language. And yeah, like, totally. And like, sometimes they would have to phone us and ask like, how do you spell this? And, right. you know, and we would have to spell it out for them. Yeah. And um, that was a pretty like reoccurring normal thing for us to help our parents spell. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as everyone knows, even if you spell something for someone directly, mm-hmm. it, they often just write it down wrong. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, I tell my name to people on the phone and spell it for them all the time, and they always get the order of the letters wrong. Like yeah, every yeah. time. <laughs> that's because you have a made-up name. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do, but it should be easy to spell. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, these uh, I I don't know. Is this like a prairie thing or a Canadian thing? But this idea, like the the type of food that was offered at Long Island, like mm-hmm. I picture it exactly. And we've kind of made some references to it. Like we mentioned Bing's in Spruce Grove last. I don't think they're oh. quite as pushed into the Western. Like I don't I don't know if they have burgers at Bing's, but like this the idea of the small prairie town Chinese restaurant and like the the food on offer and it's obviously not 
traditional like Canton or Hong mm-hmm. Kong food, mm-hmm. but it's like this, it's a really interesting kind of melting pot and something that like, like my wife, Lisa, like growing up in Spruce Grove, like she knows those menus and it's, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting microcosm to me. Like it's, mm-hmm. well, it, it's it is, it's it is comfort food for a lot of you, like for, yeah. for, <laughs> for kids who grew up here. Totally. But like what my parents had on the menu was not what we had for dinner together oh, is that right? as a okay. family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So at dinner time, like they would, we would always have rice, like a pot of steamed rice. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, lots of, like lots of veggie stir fries and, you know, just more like traditional dishes mm-hmm. that you don't see on the menu. Right. And like, you know, stuff that, you know, maybe a little bit strange to, to people, um, who aren't used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, like we would, we would never make something that was on the menu for dinner. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Would Just you because- ever have like leftovers from the restaurant at your house for dinner or something like that? So we never ate at our house. We always ate at the restaurant. Oh, Ooh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So even like like when my grandparents, like when we were little, little, and my grandparents were were here, um, my my grandma would make us all of our meals, and and you know we we didn't really travel to the restaurant for for too many meals. Right. Um, plus, it was like the next town over. But when we had Long Island, um, yeah, like almost every single dinner was had at the restaurant after it closed. So at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. was when we would sit down as a family for dinner. And yeah, and it would it would always be, you know, something that's not on the menu. Right. Um, So something that like, I mean, it's like all you have all the food there. And mm -hmm. so you have all the ingredients, but it's not necessarily something that would be, you know, prepared. Totally. It would be prepared in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be prepared in a different way. And like, I think at that time, my parents were able to order like certain like Chinese ingredients mm-hmm. from um, from whoever they order the groceries from. So like Gailan and, oh, you really? know, more like Asian vegetables yeah, um, sometimes right. we would have. And then even just like the preparation, you know, mom, mom would often make like steamed eggs, you know, which is just eggs with boiling water steamed in the wok totally um and which is something that you would never see on a western you would never see that westernized <laughs> chinese menu in a yeah. westernized chinese menu never yeah. and you know even like the mapo tofu shale right um wasn't on our menu in the beginning um right. but that was something that my parents always always made and along with lots of other dishes too um but but yeah, like we 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 always ate at the restaurant, mm-hmm. except for that after school meal. Like after school, we'd get home, and then my mom and dad, mom or dad, would would drive something home for us to eat because you're always starving after school. <laughs> Tell me about it. So we would get like a special meal after school, and then when the restaurant closed, we'd have a second meal. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so there yeah. was a lot of you know we there's a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah. Which is to be expected growing up around a restaurant, I would think. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
the logistics, like the supply chain logistics are really interesting to me. Not, not that any of us can necessarily weigh in on that, but like the idea of like supplying Gylon to Peace River. Like <laughs> I, I think about that because if I go yeah. to, if I go to Lucky 97 mm-hmm. or a similar grocery in Edmonton now, there's all kinds of produce that is not at Safeway or Save On or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them are coming, like if you look at, you know, like the product origin, most of it's from uh, like the lower mainland of BC where like there's a huge like industry supporting mm-hmm. um, like the the Asian restaurants there. And I don't know, mm-hmm. like maybe that existed in the 80s and 90s too. I don't know, but it's a really, it's it's fascinating to me because like you, Gylon in particular, like you can't find Gylon anywhere except yeah. those kind of niche grocers now. But And it yeah. could be from like, you know, when anyone travels to the city, mm-hmm. they always get tons of groceries. Right. And then yeah. and then they also buy for the other families as well. Oh, I I'm see, gonna yeah. go to Edmonton. I'm gonna, you know, what do you need? Mm-hmm. So sometimes oh, it gets it gets brought back. So mm-hmm. yeah. So if like say if if another restaurant family, if they were to visit the city or even go to Grand Prairie, right. they would always bring like you know, if we need any groceries or any kind of Asian ingredients, um, mm-hmm. they would bring it back and then we would just reimburse them for, for whatever right. they brought back for us. Yeah. yeah. But surely some of the food, and I, I don't know if you remember this at all, but like surely some of the food that got ordered for the restaurant came like from a food supplier on a truck and got dropped yeah. off at the restaurant, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I like it wouldn't surprise me to find out because like I mean even even you saying that there were four Chinese restaurants in mm-hmm. Peace River, like I think that that's like pretty representative of Alberta, but mm-hmm. maybe not I, I don't know. I I get the sense that Alberta is somewhat unique in like the amount of small town westernized chinese restaurants that were like that that exist here or or existed here like in the 70s 80s and 90s like i i feel like in alberta for some reason it's a bigger industry than it is in other places in north america and i could be wrong about that but i i just i like i it wouldn't surprise me if there was you know a supplier that supplied chinese ingredients that just like you know would drive a truck up like through Peace River to Grand Prairie from Edmonton like twice a week or something mm-hmm. like that and drop off like like ingredients that basically only Chinese restaurants used. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it helped that we were close to Grand Prairie. Right, yeah. As well. Like we were right. only a couple of hours from Grand Prairie. So, you know, if there was a truck going up to Grand Prairie. Then it would stop in Peace then it River. Would, yeah, then I would see it stopping in Peace River as well. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that, Alan? I mean, I know there are Asian suppliers now that deliver outside of Edmonton, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I w- I could only speculate. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But it but it is something that interests me, like just from mm-hmm. a from a from a pure procurement standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like. Well, maybe before before I ask this question, you can just like give us an idea of like what who like who all worked in the restaurant? Who did what jobs? Mm-hmm. Did you ever work in the restaurant? 
Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So when we had the restaurant, so we had, you know, when we first started the restaurant, um, we had, so it was my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then we had our one server named Olga. Okay. Who was there from the beginning until until the end. Okay. And um and she was like this old Ukrainian grandma. Mm. Man. And I freaking loved her <laughs> yeah, so that's much. Perfect. And she was just so good to our family. And like basically watched me grow up from when I was nine until I graduated from high school. And I like to this day, I think about her almost every day. (laughs) Cool. Because she was just such a huge part of our life. Yeah. And like such a huge part of my mom and dad's life. Um, How did they meet her? Did she apply to work at the restaurant or did they kind of know each other um, she was actually recommended, um, by one of the other restaurants. So I oh, think okay. she had worked with one of the other restaurants previously. Mm-hmm. And then when we, when we opened our restaurant, we needed help. And, um, yeah. And then she just, you know, came, came from the other restaurant and yeah, she was just, Olga was the best. Sweet. <laughs> she was, you know, yeah, she was like my Ukrainian Baba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I then, didn't really have a Ukrainian Baba growing no. up. And I honestly sometimes was a little jealous of some of, some of my <laughs> yeah. friends' friends' Babas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we had Olga and, and then she's the sole front of house staff. She was one of the front of house staff. My uncle, one of my actually so one of when when we had the restaurant, most of our family left, but then um, my mom's oldest brother and his family were still living in Peace River. Okay. So they were still there. So my uncle um, helped a lot in the front. So he was one of the servers as well. Mm-hmm. And my aunt helped in the kitchen. So it was really like very family operated business. Right. Um, yeah. So my uncle was there for a few years and... Um, and then when they moved away, so when my aunt and uncle's family moved away, um, by that time, us kids were old enough to help. Right, right. So even when we weren't old enough to help, we helped. <laughs> right. But, yeah. But, so, but once he really needed to help, yeah, you just happened so to be old we enough. We were just we were just there, and like basically anywhere that that needed help. So we cleaned dishes off the tables. We did the dishes. We helped with the prep work. Um, peeling carrots, making wontons, making mm-hmm. spring rolls and egg rolls, um, any kind of prep work that didn't require heat or right. knives, we mm-hmm. were we were there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so we we definitely all of, all three of us we we were there helping whenever we can, and then of course when we were old enough to actually like be legally. <laughs> able to work we yeah. were there all the time as well <laughs> right yeah and your mom and dad i guess your dad was in the kitchen most of the time yeah so my uh my mom and dad they were actually both in the kitchen okay and um yeah so yeah so they did most of the cooking cool um periodically we would have like you know of course there's always the need for help so whenever my parents 
needed to hire like a new chef or just, you know, somebody in the kitchen to help with the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember them always posting ads in like the Chinese newspaper in the city because that's kind of where the experience is. Right. Like in Edmonton, um, you mean? In Edmonton yeah. and sometimes yeah. even, I think like even Vancouver. Oh, really? um, so we have had people come up to Peace River from Edmonton and Vancouver to to work in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Nobody really lasted very long. I think just because it was such a drastic change from what they're used to. Yeah. Being from a big city to then like a town of 6,000. Yeah. Peace River feels like a very small town when you're there. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've only been a few times, but, but yeah, it's, it feels like, yeah, feels pretty rural. Yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, so when people come to like, you know, to help, like I think maximum maybe like a, a year would be the longest that they would last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like when you, when we hired people to come up to help, you'd have to provide them room and board as well. Oh, is there a deal? So, yeah. So my parents would, you know, pay for their apartment um, and then, and then of course pay their, pay their wage. But yeah, it was really hard to find um, good good kitchen help yeah. because, because, you know, the hours are long. Mm-hmm. You're in a town that's different from your own and you're away from your family, you know, for the people who are coming from different cities. So, yeah, so it, it was, it was, it was hard to, to hold on to staff. Um, yeah. At that, at that time. And even like, I remember hiring one guy one time, and uh, they ended up like staying with us in our house. Okay. So it was like the stranger that my parents had hired. I can't remember <laughs> if he was from Edmonton or from Peace River or sorry, Edmonton or from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But he basically like shared a bunk bed with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and yeah. And then my sister and I shared a, a room in, you know, in the other room. Yeah. But like. You know, because like we were just sometimes so desperate to for help to have you know, yeah, to, to have to, to have, have somebody those that extra could come set of and hands, and, yeah. yeah. And like maybe at that time we couldn't really afford to pay for that extra apartment, so right. yeah. you know. So then for that person who's just left his family in the city <laughs> that they're used to, and now they're sharing this bunk bed with this kid, <laughs> with like, like a teen kid, yeah. right? Like yeah. you know, that's got to be. Yeah, not so not so desirable. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that's gotta tough. be weird. It, it, it's weird though, because like I can kind of see it from both sides. Because like you know, if everyone that works in the restaurant is all family, and then like you're all there together, and this you know this new cook is there, and you'd spend most of your time at the mm-hmm. restaurant, it sort of feels like you know even if they're a new hire, it sort of feels like, like they're a part just, of the family or something. He, he and, was very quickly a part of our family. Yeah, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, but anyways, yeah. So, so uh, like before, like, I, I kind of wanted to just get an idea of like who was doing what in the restaurant mm-hmm. because, like, yeah. w- kind of what I wanted to follow up with was like when you're describing like the food that you guys ate for for dinner and mm-hmm. how it was like maybe like simpler or maybe more traditional or something like that. How do you think? Like, you may not know the answer to this question, but like. For your mom and dad, like, how do you think that they sort of, 
learned about how to cook westernized Chinese food? Like, did that kind of happen through, like, understanding, like, the roots of, like, traditional Chinese food and then coming over and seeing what other Chinese food restaurants here were like and then just trying to mimic it? Or did they have someone that they worked with that showed them, like, westernized recipes? Or do do you have any idea, like, how they sort of, like, came upon that knowledge? I honestly have no idea. Um, Like, they may have learned it here in Edmonton. Right. Maybe at the, you know, maybe they knew somebody like they probably worked in other places other than the Mayfield Inn. Right. So, you know, so they could have learned it here. Um, and then when like they maybe moved, they worked in a Chinese restaurant in Edmonton at one point or something like that. Possibly. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. But then mm-hmm. when we moved like up in Peace River, I actually like, I have no idea where they would have picked up those skills or learned right. the dishes. Um yeah, I have. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I should I, actually, because I like in my mind, in my mind, like my parents just just knew, knew how they to just do knew it. how to do it, right? You know, yeah. and and like every restaurant in the town was a little bit different, so they just did mm-hmm. it kind of their own way, right? Um, and maybe it was just one of those things that like they they saw whoever taught them, they saw them do it one time and then figured it out. Right. But yeah, like I, I honestly have no idea where they learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I, I think that, yeah, for me, I, I don't know, like that's always sort of like, I guess I have this sort of like romanticized vision maybe of like, um, of like Chinese people coming here and then like maybe not having access to like, the ingredients that they would normally use to cook their, you know, Mm -hmm. cook traditional dishes, Mm -hmm. but, you know, having the idea of opening a restaurant and then having to modify some Mm -hmm. of those, some of, some of their like traditional cooking techniques or dishes to fit like the ingredients that they have access to over here. And that's maybe like in my romanticized vision, Mm -hmm. that's sort of like how westernized Chinese food came to be or something like that. You're probably not far off to be honest. Right. You know, and like, you know, maybe like flavors were kind of tweaked for the westernized palate palate, you know things were not as spicy or right you know like yeah like you're probably not far off there yeah yeah and like and just then so i i guess like i don't know it but then it also seems like it's this very singular thing that has like i mean i've definitely been to western chinese food restaurants that have like their own style Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but yeah like so like you were saying like so many of the dishes are just like staples like yeah Mm -hmm. the offerings yeah like yeah like certain types of fried rice and Mm -hmm. chicken balls and ginger beef and yeah chow mein and those types of things like they're on every menu and i guess like that's probably just yeah from you know if you want to open a chinese food restaurant you look around at the the other chinese food restaurants Mm -hmm. and you see like what do they have on their menu and what sells and then yeah you know what's popular yeah and then like you know a dish like ginger beef is probably different in every single restaurant that you try it at oh yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah 
which yeah. is infuriating to like <laughs> <laughs> to like western consumers because like they, they they like have this ginger beef and they're like they have ginger beef for the first time or something and they're like oh wow this is really great i really love it i'm going to get ginger beef at like every restaurant and then they go to another western chinese food restaurant <laughs> and they try ginger beef and they're like Wait, this isn't this isn't like what I had in the first place or whatever. I you, think it's really speaking of hilarious. specific dishes though. So mm-hmm. uh you mentioned mapo tofu, which mm-hmm. has been a recurring topic on the show. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you know how your folks make it? Like how how they do it? Cuz they cuz they're not Sichuanese, right? Like they're No. from Hong Kong, so they must have their own kind of take on it. So all of these years of working alongside my parents, mm. I shamefully <laughs> have not learned any of their secrets. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because like when you're a kid, I didn't want to be at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like I yes. wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to do things that teenagers do. Mm-hmm. So when I was there. Terrible things. <laughs> terrible things in the small town of Peace in River. River. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so when I was there, like at that time, I did not pay attention. You know, I didn't ask right. questions and I didn't mm. ask them like, oh, what'd you put in that? Or, you know, yeah. how did you make that? Um, I do regret that, of mm. course, you know, because <laughs> I like, I would have liked to know how to make some of the things that they made and especially right. at dinner time mm-hmm. i i i wish i paid a little bit more attention but i didn't i was i was a a bratty teen yes <laughs> that would I've, have rather be doing other things yeah, yeah. I of feel course the same now way about cooking and about gardening actually like i had <laughs> n- no interest in it at all mm-hmm. and probably should have been picking my mom's brain yeah yeah. yeah. But now it's like, you know, I look back and I'm like, I would not have done it differently. You know? No. <laughs> Which is why I think saying that it's shameful is like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, you know, like it's yeah. just, it, it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it seems perfectly understandable to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like on, on the flip side, um, you know, like I, I'm not trying to contradict what you're saying about like not having picked up anything, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, just being around the restaurant mm-hmm. and tasting the food and mm-hmm. I don't know, making wontons and, you know, although you may not have made the filling or something, but like, you know, like I'm sure that there are a lot of things that you picked up that yeah. that maybe you don't consider like that that it's like a part of that knowledge, but I feel like there must be a lot of things like that, that you just sort of understand and, and take for granted that you understand them or whatever. Yeah. Do you think, I think you're probably right there. Yeah. Do you think there's anything like that you like, do you, do you do the bulk of the cooking at home or is there anything that you do now that you think is a vestige of that time? I do. I do a lot of the cooking. Blair actually does some of the cooking as well. So Mm. we, you know, we kind of tag team it. I have to be honest, I don't make a lot of like traditional Chinese food because like uh-huh. I said, I didn't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I wish, like, I wish, I wish I could, and I probably still can. Like I could still ask my mom, 
how to make mm-hmm. certain things. I can ask my auntie, who's mm-hmm. an excellent cook. And like when we want to, like when I, when I get a craving for home cooked, like a, for a home cooked Chinese meal, I go to my aunt's house and there's always amazing food there. Cool. Or I go to my cousin's house, who's also an excellent cook, and she makes a lot of traditional Chinese food as well. Um, but at home, I, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I honestly, I wish I, I wish I did, um, and I still could. I know I still could. Um, but when you're, you know, for me, like I, I work full time. Alan, I'm sure, like you understand. Like sometimes you just got to get yeah. food on the table. Yep. Yeah, of yeah. course. And yeah. and like, you know, so I don't have time to like think about an intricate meal mm-hmm. to yeah. serve you're to just my, gonna make things I that just, you're familiar with preparing and that you know yeah. that you can do like a hundred percent. You there's know, there's no pressure like, for you to pull There's no it pressure. I can just yeah. like I know my son loves this. I know yeah. my partner loves this. I'm gonna make this and we make that one thing often, but everyone's yeah. happy when we, you know, yeah. when we have and that's it. A huge, that's a right? huge part of cooking for kids. Yeah. 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 So, you know, but I'm sure like, yeah, I would like to, I would honestly like to, to, to learn, you know, some, some Chinese dishes, um, mm. and be able to feed that to, to my son. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Millie, I would like love to show you how I made mapo tofu for you guys, <laughs> but I would feel so weird about doing it mm-hmm. because like, I don't know, because it's, you know, a th- your family thing or something like that. And yeah. I, I would just feel like such a stranger doing it for you. But um, mm-hmm. I went to the grocery store with my aunt one day and I asked her, I said, you know, like I asked her, I was like, oh, what do you put in your mapo tofu? Uh-huh. And you know what she gave me? She went down the sauce aisle uh-huh. in uh, in the United Grocery Market mm-hmm. in Chinatown yeah. there. And she grabbed me a jar of like chili bean paste or something like that. And she's mm-hmm. like, this is what you use. So yeah, it wasn't right. anything like extravagant or anything, but mm-hmm. it was just this jar of sauce totally. that tastes like home right yeah, <laughs> yeah, <totally> yeah. <laughs> and in my mind it was this like intricate you know lots of ingredients but it's right it wasn't <laughs> yeah no really yeah. truly it's not though like yeah it is a very simple mm-hmm. thing to prepare yeah and i feel like i i mean i i don't know like from from what you're describing about the family meals that you guys mm-hmm. had it seems like that you know, like that seems like the type of thing, you know, just mm-hmm. like, yeah, really simple, yeah. like some veggies and, you yeah. know, some sauce and, you know, like, you know, probably just like made up on the spot a lot of the time, you know? Totally. Yeah. And like yeah. mom, mom also loved making, mom and dad um, loved making soups. So lots of Chinese oh, yeah. soups. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was also always like something that we had that was a, a nice treat. Um, yeah. So lots of Asian soups, which is, do you remember any specifically? I'm curious because like when I think about the soup that was probably served in your restaurant, I'm thinking about wonton soup and mm-hmm. maybe hot and sour. And or, those are yeah. like egg the drop. two staple, I guess. Yeah. Not even egg, egg drop. drop. No. Not even yeah. egg drop. We had, yeah, we had, yeah, we had wonton soup. And then we did not have hot and sour until later on. Uh-huh. Um, that was added to the menu. And then like, and then like your 
chicken noodle soups and your beef barleys. Right, um, right. But the soups that mom would make had like winter melon. Oh, cool. Carrots. Um, and it was often like a bone broth of some kind. So maybe mm-hmm. like a, a beef or a pork or a chicken. Um, but yeah, a lot of like very clear based yeah, like soups. Yeah, brothy, like healthy brothy, soups. very yeah. brothy, um, not a whole lot to it. Very simple, but really tasty mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah tasty and, and warm and wholesome and man <laughs> making me hungry yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is and so was long island open it was open through your high school experience and afterwards all, or no all through so all through my high school experience um yeah from grade i want to say grade nine to twelve Every Saturday and Sunday, I worked at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, yeah, so it was a huge, really huge part of my life. And it was actually a really huge part of my close circle of friends of -hmm. their lives too. Right. Um, Like you had friends that worked there with you or they, or just that they would like hang out, they, they hang out there and yeah, yeah. they'd hang out. And like at lunchtime, we, we had a buffet and on weekends in the evenings we had a buffet. So sometimes, you know, like it in grade in high school, our friends would drive down for lunch, get the buffet, go back to school afterwards. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. And then on the weekends, you know, sometimes I would see like my friends' families would come for dinner. Right. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, it was, it was a big part of all of our lives, I think. And, um, you know, we've had lots of celebrations there. My girlfriend, we threw her a surprise 16th birthday party at our restaurant. <laughs> my oh, mom cool. made, my mom made her a cake and everything. And that was really special. And, uh, when my other girlfriend turned 18, my mom served her her first legal drink uh. <laughs> at lunchtime. <laughs> and then That's we went funny. back to school after Oh, that. my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> small town. Small town. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we had, like, you know, we've had lots of, yeah, great, great memories mm. at the restaurant, my girlfriends and I. And then, of course, like me just, you know, for myself, like, working there alongside my parents like I said like at the time I groaned every morning that I had to get up on Saturday you (laughs) know to open the restaurant with my dad but now like I think about it like that was just like the most time that I spent with my parents Mm -hmm. right you know because they were just always at the restaurant Mm -hmm. um so I don't yeah, don't take that for granted. I I really am very grateful mm. for the time. It seems like yeah, it seems like you really cherish it now. I don't. I'm sure it was complicated mm. at the time. Your feelings mm-hmm. about it or whatever. Um, totally. But it seems like you really cherish it. Do you feel like your Do you feel like your siblings really cherish it as well? Or um, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, yeah sometimes you know, like I talk to my sister probably more than my brother about it um Mm -hmm. but yeah like because the all three of us like the most time like the most that we spent 
the most time that we spent with our parents was at the restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So I think, you know, if you had asked them, them the same question, like they, they, I think they would all agree that it was, yeah, that we're all grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And we do I definitely cherish it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, you know, for me, like growing up, you know, my, the, the, you know, like what my parents did, the jobs that my parents had and stuff like that. It was never really like, obviously I had some contact with it here and there, but yeah, it wasn't like the central, like what my parents did for work wasn't like the central focus of like Mm -hmm. what our family did or what our family time was like. And Mm -hmm. you're very separate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I don't know, it it seems like a double-edged sword in a way or something because like, you know, like in one way, um, you know, like having, you know, the restaurant and, you know, like the restaurant being the way that you support your family, but that also meaning that basically you have to like have all of, you know, like all of your family interactions, mm-hmm. just that's what they have to revolve around. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like in one way it really brings you together, but then you're mm-hmm. also in one way forced to be mm-hmm. together in that way. Mm-hmm. And so it seems Sounds like it could be, but could be like mm-hmm. a really amazing way to build family and mm-hmm. memories and traditions. And then it also seems like, yeah, it could feel stifling in some way or something. And I'm sure you must have both of those. Yeah. Like growing up, we never really went on any like family holidays. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, I would hear about my friends and their families going to on vacations and stuff right. like that, like I think we only went on one family vacation, mm-hmm. maybe two in my whole like childhood. Right. Um, where our whole entire family so mom, dad, brother, sister, and I were yeah. together. Huh. Um, we did a lot of like, you know, because the restaurant always just had to be open. Yeah. Because if yeah, we weren't exactly. open, yeah. Yeah. we weren't, you know, bringing in any revenue. We weren't making any money. Um, so we had to keep the restaurant open. Um, so like my dad and my brother and I, we've gone on like a holiday together to Vancouver. Um, you know, my dad and my brother would go off but like you know it was only only two times that we did it as like an entire family and that was a big deal mm-hmm. because because now you're spending money on a holiday <laughs> right and your and restaurant the, is closed. and the restaurant is closed <laughs> yes. yeah. and the restaurant is closed and you know so it was just always very s- stressful <laughs> yeah you know even like trying to plan like a holiday but those two that we did take i am very grateful for <laughs> you have good memories from i them. have that's, good that's memories good. my parents took us to vegas oh, oh don't, wow really don't ask me why that's interesting <laughs> but this was actually interesting so it was three families that went to vegas so uh-huh. two other chinese food restaurant owners and their families and us so it was like the three families with kids and everything i don't know why we they chose vegas <laughs> mm-hmm. No idea, 
But um, but it was a holiday and it was spent with our friends, which was great. Yeah, and that's then, great. Yeah, and then another one was we took a family trip down to uh, Vancouver because um, my dad, uh, his sister is in Vancouver uh-huh. and um, was in Vancouver. And yeah, so we did like a nice family trip that way, mm-hmm. which is... Yeah. You know, yeah. Not Vegas <laughs> at that time. No. In some ways, much better than in, Vegas. In Although, so many ways. So much I, I shouldn't better. really say that because I've never actually been to Vegas, but mm-hmm. I just the impression that I get is that it's not probably my favorite place to hang out. But. Vegas as a 12 year old oh my God. is so not fun. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Listeners, yeah. don't do it. <laughs> But, um, and if you're if you're going to Vegas and you have a 12 year old, maybe find childcare and just yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know if it was a question. <laughs> I was yeah. just like formulating this weird philosophy about what I feel like it must be like to grow mm-hmm. up with your parents yeah. running a restaurant. Yeah, I I actually like so I worked at. A restaurant in Edmonton called the Blue Pear, and it was mm-hmm. family owned and run. Mm-hmm. The chef was Darcy, and the front of house manager uh, was his wife Jessie. And they had two daughters, and they would often be at the restaurant, like for large portions of like the service, or they mm-hmm. they'd like be there before service, and then they would you know, not be there for a little while during, but then, you know, some, then, then one of their parents would have to like leave to put them to bed after. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's a lot to juggle. I think like they were pretty young when I was there. I don't exactly know how old they were, but I think somewhere in the neighborhood of like just getting to be school aged or okay. something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I just could like at, you know, like at the time watching, the watching them own this restaurant and what that meant for their family and you know how their family would have to congregate around the restaurant because they Mm -hmm. had to be there for so much time during Mm -hmm. the day to have the restaurant be open and functioning and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it just like it was very i think i think i at that up to that point i probably hadn't given too much thought Mm -hmm. to what being like a chef or being in the restaurant industry would really mean in terms of like my life and potentially being able to have a family and stuff like that. But when I was working at the blue pair, I was like really um, exposed to it quite a bit. And, and in some ways kind of confronted with the idea that, you know, like if that, that those things don't necessarily mesh, mesh easily, mm-hmm. you know, and that, uh, and that you really have to sacrifice a lot of, family time if that's totally. if that's what you want to do or whatever yeah as a culinary arts instructor i can say it's very hard to teach those lessons to most of the students who are, because <laughs> like what like and i would have been the same way like if you're 18 20 24 whatever in culinary school right you don't passionate about mm-hmm. cooking yeah but you don't know yeah. life for most of us mm-hmm. life is long and you can't see too far down the mm-hmm. road and to try and tell yeah. them that you know, you might want to think about mm-hmm. what your life is going to look like in 10 years and what kind of hours you can, it's, it's a, it's an impossible conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. My parents tried to tell me <laughs> exactly. not to go to oh, yeah, school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yep. But I did it anyway. Yeah, you, got, you got told by but like I, from yep. the from the source. From you the got source. told and just yeah. we're not able. I didn't listen. And then and then I learned my own lesson. So I think that's yeah. that's that's the important part. Yeah. <laughs> but like hard. now that it's now that I have like, you know, my son who's five, mm. I think back at like and I have one child. Mm. Um, I yeah. think back at you know, when we were young, my parents had three kids, you know, and were like support, you know, trying to put food on the table and support our family and stuff. So it was a huge sacrifice, but without it, like I wouldn't have the life that I have now, Yeah, you know? So I often, you know, like I think back and I'm just like, I'm just so grateful, you know, and my mom at 66 still works at her restaurant for like 12 hours a day Whoa. now by choice, by choice oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's still in um, peace or in Edmonton she's, or she's not in, no, not in peace river anymore. She's in slave lake now. Okay. Okay. But she's still, you know, and I keep asking her like, when are you going to retire? She's just not ready. This is like all that she's known for so many years of her life that, and she loves it. You know, she loves cooking. She loves yeah. her customer. She loves her staff and she's just not ready. Mm-hmm. So she's still, you know, <laughs> she still goes hard every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I also love cooking. I don't know if I have that in me. <laughs> That's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm hoping that by the time I'm 66, cooking is going to be more of a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I hope you're making plans to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Alan. This podcast is my plan. What does oh, that no. say? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Millie, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, no, thanks for having me. I would, I want to see the menu. I, I'm so interested in, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, like, obviously, like as a kid, like you wouldn't pay attention to stuff like this, but it's so, it's such an interesting, mm-hmm. I, everything from like your, the parent, your parents' story, like being immigrants, mm-hmm. being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm being parents <laughs> like it's being parents it's yes. actually yeah. it's actually crazy like it's mind yeah like it's it's such yeah. a yeah. cool story and it boggles my mind too especially like you know now because i'm my life my life is so different than theirs mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah. it would not have been possible had they not like done everything that they did yeah Thanks for listening to Food Court, a podcast recorded in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Food Court is hosted by Alan Sudeby and Shale McDonald. Theme music by Ryan and Shale McDonald. Make sure to subscribe to Food Court in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or in your favorite podcast player. We love to hear from our listeners. Please drop us a line at feedback at foodcourt.fm or find us on Instagram at foodcourtpodcast. If you want to spread the word, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
We'll be back in two weeks with a fresh new episode. Thanks for listening.